we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. All right, so we have been reporting on, you, you've seen these reports of uh, life expectancy uh, had been declining, and some of that was attributed to COVID, clearly, uh, and other factors. Uh, but I- interesting uh, story we're going to start with uh, in an article that's in The Hill, and the uh, FDA uh, commissioner uh, comes out, he puts a post out there talking about the catastrophic decline in U.S. Li- you know, life expectancy. And actually, it's around the world, by the way. But he hits on smoking, diet, you know, general things, whatever, but never touches on the real elephant in the room, uh, which is COVID and the vaccines and the deaths that uh, have come from that. That's a place we'll start today. Welcome into America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, along with my better sounding co-host today recovering dr peter mcconnell hey man i'm so glad to hear when you're coming on you're sounding better oh i miss that clear voice you, you've been sick for a little bit brother huh i have you know i think i've had COVID a couple times and one in 2020 one in 2021 and i i i think from that point forward i was never the same i felt like it it knocked me down somewhat and i know so many of my patients feel the same way that uh even those who didn't take the vaccine, they, they feel as if they've been altered by this virus. Right. And and that's something we touch on as well. All right. Going to this um, piece here um, in the um, Hill uh, from uh, Dr. Pierre Corey and Mary Beth Pfeiffer. Uh, and, um, but it gets into, uh, you and I have talked before about the life insurance sort of component of this, uh, that that was a problem with the life insurance uh, people. But we're seeing life expectancy drop. Although there was a little bit of recovery this year to be, I remember seeing reports on this, Peter, that it started to come back more because they had dropped pretty dramatically last year. Uh, but they blamed, this post came out and blamed it on all the usual suspects, but never once mentioned COVID. But kind of what we kind of expect at this point from the FDA and CDC and these government agencies, though, isn't it? It's true. Uh, you know, Rob Califf, who's the commissioner of the FDA, somebody who I knew <clears throat> my former career, He's a cardiologist right. uh, from Duke University. He's already had one stint as FDA commissioner. He's previously known as a drug safety hawk. He uh, was very hawkish on doing large clinical trials and any problems with safety, the drug company should be held accountable. And boy, is he sold out to big pharma. He has turned a blind eye to anything on vaccine safety. Uh, about a year ago, he published a, a paper in New England Journal of Medicine saying the new normal is COVID-19 vaccination. You know, since when does a FDA commissioner write a paper like that? And then uh, now he comes out with this alarming post. Oh, you know, all-cause mortality is up. And, you know, uh, what could be the problem? You know, look over here at smoking or look at obesity. A- and you're right. There's there's no mention of the elephant in the room. Yeah. Why does a guy like this, Robert DeCaliff, as you say here, the FDA, why does a guy like this take? I mean, this is pretty uh, remarkable. Um the, and we've seen this all over the place, Peter. Why do these people take such a, a stance uh, change in the way they used to talk? What what gets? To, I mean, is it just as simple as they all sell off to big pharma, or something else going on? I don't really understand it. You know, I don't know. He's pretty senior in his career, very well respected for clinical trials. Um, wow. You know, a great analyst of 
of trials, but um, he he had aspirations of of somehow, uh, you know, I guess making his mark historically or the the capstone of his career being FDA commissioner. He's, so you say he's already done it once during the Obama administration. He was out during Trump, and then he's back. He's uh, you know led the Duke Clinical Research Institute. He's been an entrepreneur. You know, no reason to do this. Hmm. Uh, but the question is, would anybody in a position of authority now go up and say anything against the vaccines? I don't know if you saw what happened with the uh, Republican debate and the issue that Megyn Kelly brought up with Vivek Ramaswamy about the vaccine indemnification, you know, liability bill that went in under Reagan in 1986. Did you see this? I did. Yeah, it became a big deal. Yeah, she she definitely uh, called it out, didn't she? She called it out. But, you know, the 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 network cut out eight minutes of that. Yeah, yeah. it literally said we're taking a, a time out mm-hmm. and they completely censored what Ramaswamy said. Ramaswamy said, listen, I'd revisit this and we'd likely reverse the the liability shield for the manufacturers. And the network took its own initiative to censor that part of the Republican debate. If if that isn't evidence that the pharmaceutical companies are controlling the networks, mm-hmm. you know, we we need n- nothing else to make the point that the pharmaceutical companies are in control, and anything that goes against what they're doing is going to be censored real time. Yeah, what network was that? You know that did that. You know, I'd have to go back and check. It's um, yeah. I just retweeted it on my Twitter feed. Somebody caught it. Fortunately, they were able to catch it. They had the tape. They had it when they uh, censored it because I guess they run a little bit of a delay, and so they were able to do this and piece it all together and said, "Listen, there's eight minutes of what this guy said that was cut out, and it just it just wasn't favorable to Big Pharma." Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to look and see. Uh, I, I know the yeah the story, but I don't, I'd like to know what um, network uh, it is. Uh, you know, the debate itself was on News Nation, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about something different. Yeah, uh, the interview, right? She did. Yeah. No, I, I think it was part of the debate because he was up there with. Um, oh, was it News Nation that did that? It was right there at the. At and the, she uh, was the moderator, Megan Kelly. So maybe it was. Oh, so it was the News Nation then. Okay, yeah. all right. I mean, yeah. I didn't realize it was right there. Okay, that that as well, you said was cut out. Ramaswamy, what he said is, listen, look at the former FDA commissioner Scott hmm. Gottlieb. Yeah. He's on the board of Pfizer now. Right. I mean, you can't. These are clear things. He goes, listen, I use I wouldn't have FDA commissioners being able to take board positions at companies. It's obvious they're working for their next job. Mm-hmm. And so he had a little dig at Nikki, Nikki Haley. He said, well, look at Nikki Haley did something for Boeing and now she's on the board of Boeing like that. Right, you know, and right, I saw right. her shake her head. But um, yeah. he's pointing out that people in government offices are currying favor from these big, powerful uh, interests in these companies. And then they turn around and get personally rewarded. Yeah, and and that's been a track record for a while, and and we've been pointing out clearly. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure they're digging into Ramaswamy's past and trying to find every, everything and anything they can uh, to find out. You know, because everybody's got some issues, it seems, um, so they can pull those out. But he has been calling them out. You're exactly right. You know, this whole uh, environment, we started talking about health and, you know, what you yourself had just kind of come through here for the past month. 
And we sh we've been talking about, of course, the pneumonia, the, the mycoplasma pneumonia, which, by the way, there have been reports. I'm sure you've seen these reports, Peter, in the past, oh, week since we spoke last, saying there are some folks saying that there's still some oddities with this, and they're saying it could be some sort of level or some pathogen or something else. Have you seen those reports where they're suggesting it may that? Be, well, it may be co-infection. Co I haven't seen the reports, but okay. mycoplasma, as well as another uh, bacteria called um, chlamydia, TWAR, th these are small pathogens that are inside of um, cells. And so they commonly are co-infections. So a couple of years ago, I had a couple from East Texas, they had COVID and they had a chlamydia TWAR infection at the same time. They tested positive for both and boy, were they sick. And so it makes the case that in treating respiratory COVID using antibiotics is pretty wise. And on my Substack this week, I have a paper out from the National Institutes of Health Autopsy Consortium. And you know, of people who died of COVID, who legitimately died of COVID, a decent number, like 65%, had secondary bacterial infections in the lungs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, and about half of those didn't have appropriate antibiotic coverage. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. So when people say, well, you got a viral infection. Uh, why are they giving you antibiotics? Well, that's the reason why. There is a scientific rationale to cover bacterial pathogens because of co-infection. Yeah. I had uh, this conversation just this morning with my wife, by the way, about uh, being super, super careful. Uh, she's in the healthcare field, but she's out uh, seeing people and shaking hands and that kind of thing. And I said, you need to be super careful, man, because her lungs, as you know, were so badly damaged. And I said, you don't want to mm -hmm. get this pneumonia or something else. I'm hearing a lot of different stories. And so we we took an extra dose of things today. I just did just today. I said, we need to. And I said, you need to be using the um, the uh, nasal hygiene as well and the yeah, spray. And, and right? the, the immune super boost. I really still think that's probably the best thing going. Uh, healthy cell. Yeah, morning yeah. and evening. We took boost. we took it exactly today, uh, both times. It's exactly mm -hmm. at the 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 immune super boost. But you know, you have to double down on your immune system. Is what you're talking about, Peter. You know, you have mm -hmm. to you have to just really. So I just had that conversation with today. I said, please be careful out there, please, because. Because her lungs were damaged from COVID, she had the COVID pneumonia and was very, 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 very deadly serious. Um, that uh, you know, I she's susceptible to these things, and something else could knock her down pretty good. Uh, you know, um, you got to. I agree with that. I just saw a patient today had COVID pneumonia, had it a second time, and she developed this what's called bronchiolitis obliterans with organizing pneumonia. It's a it's a sterilizing process. It's it's not technically an infectious pneumonia, but boy, the lungs are so abnormal on exam. The CT and chest x-rays are very abnormal. And we actually had to treat it with some prolonged antibiotics and steroids. And one of the things that really clears up that picture, and I learned it from Dr. L. Johnson in, in Dallas, right. is hyperbaric oxygen, Malcolm. Oh, so okay. uh, okay. now that I've gotten this young girl, she was on oxygen sick. She's got a congenital heart and developmental problem. A tiny little thing in a wheelchair, but once she's ostensibly better today, her mother was so happy to come in and show me how she's improved. I said, "Now's the time we're going to apply hyperbaric oxygen." Wow, we have a good good clinical track record. It's got good uh, randomized data in patients with post COVID. So hyperbaric oxygen. Everybody listening out there ought to be thinking mm -hmm. in their community: where is their hyperbaric oxygen treatment center? Uh, these are is usually a cash pay out of pocket situation, but it's good for wheel, wound healing, 
all the data post-COVID and post-vaccine are positive. Uh, it, it really can help people. Let me ask you something about that, please. How long do you stay? Tell me about this. Uh, I, I mean, I hear it all the time. But how long do you stay in the chamber there? How long, roughly? You go in the chamber for about an hour, and it okay. increases the amount of oxygen you breathe in and the pressure at which you breathe it in. So in okay. a sense, it kind of forces oxygen into the body. But, you know, athletes have been using this for a long time mm -hmm. as a refresher. It heals diabetic uh, wounds. Uh, hyperbaric oxygen has a ton of positive data. The issue has always been access to these centers uh, and, and costs. But I, What I does it cost? Do you have I, any idea what a treatment costs, a visit? Probably uh, a, like a six-week course of treatment is probably like $3,000. Okay. So it, okay. it, it, it divides out, Malcolm. But okay. I can tell you, I've been to a lot of these trade shows. The hyperbaric mm -hmm. chambers are becoming more and more wow. Wow. Uh, portable, available. Some people even have personal chambers. At I home. heard they're taking them in their homes, right? Some people yeah. buy them for the homes. And, yeah. and, and, yeah. and uh, I think at some point in time, we're going to have it a lot more uh, available to us. And uh, every time I look at it, the data are positive. So I, I, I. Well, you got me thinking. You, you got me thinking. I, I, I don't. I didn't know a lot about it, but I've heard them. And let me tell you something else. I don't know if this sounds normal to you, but if if D is out in the cold weather, and I don't know if I shared this with you before, but that's when she has the biggest impact. She, I yep. mean, she, she does. She never complains. So like, she doesn't. Nobody would ever know there's anything going on because she just is not that one of those kind of people. So she deals with everything very positively, is just a positive attitude about everything. But the point is, with the cooler weather now, she's come in a couple of times and people had asked her like at some thing she was at, are you okay? Are you okay? You seem to be breathing is off or something, but the cold weather zaps her breath away. Is that normal, really, when you yeah, have that cold? Cold weather triggers bronchoconstriction. So it narrows the airways to the lungs. And people will feel that. Asthmatics will feel it. Yeah. People with this uh, 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 BOOP problem, bronchiolitis obliterans, they'll, they'll feel it. It's, mm. it's cold sensitive. Yeah. Does, does she, let me ask you this. And I've never asked you this uh, off or on here, Mike, but does she, does this, uh, the kind of damage that she had on the COVID pneumonia, and you and I know what she went through and where we're at here, do, and knowing everything else is very good and she's living a wonderful life and blessed to be here with all of this. Uh, does uh does does that ever fully recover, Peter, or do, is that just a permanent scar and it, there's just absolutely zero recovery? Or no, what? nobody knows. Okay, nobody knows. I have okay. a form of it myself, and okay. and I it, it is my observation that that we're we're more susceptible now. That infections that should have been less symptomatic are more symptomatic. And right. I'd like to get some feedback from our listeners on this. People, we're not talking about taking the vaccine, folks. We're, we're saying just if you've had COVID, if you've had pulmonary COVID, significant COVID, uh, are the, do your lungs feel completely back to normal? Or, or do you feel as if there's some impairment several years later? I really would like people's feedback on this, Malcolm, because yeah. um, I have a sense looking at me, looking at D and a lot of my patients yeah, th th that there's some type of damage that's taken to the body. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 worrisome. It really is worrisome, and um, she deals with it really well. I could not be prouder of her and the way she does that. So we're surely not complaining about that. And the alternative was not a good alternative, my mm. brother. So we're not complaining by any stretch. But the point is, I'm, I'm very curious to know if it heals. And I wondered even if the hyperbaric oxygen would be a healing component for her, if that would be something well, worthy. Yeah, the hyperbaric is healing. I've seen enough case studies, yeah. L. Johnson in Dallas, Michael Robb in Arizona. But let me apply some scholarship to this idea of long-term pulmonary function after COVID 
pneumonia? I think that's a fair question. And l- let me research it and try to come back with an answer. Yeah, that'd be very great. Super. But, you know, it's a good segue to talk to you about this term I discovered this past week. I had the nurses on Kimberly, Michelle, Jody, uh, Tremendous on Nurses Out Loud. They were on my program, The Voice of a Nation. Uh, in fact, it's just gone to podcast. If you, What a great conversation with them. Do you know they're, they're in their one-year anniversary, Peter, on the mm. network? So we mm. celebrated the one-year anniversary, and I had them on for the first time, the, all three, on my broadcast. And so this term I threw at them, and they did not know this term, and I haven't met anybody who really knew the term in advance, but it's called syndemic. S-Y-N-D-E-M-I-C, syndemic. And I ran across it, and basically, this kind of plays to the narrative you've been touching on a little bit here, and actually I've talked prior about this too. All right, so here's what they say. Strained hospital capacities, workforce exhaustion, burnout, a lack of effective uh, therapeutic tools, uh, poor communication, lack of compliance, a lack of uh, continuity planning, uh, et cetera, et cetera, health. They're talking about detriments of health that's making the nation's delicate health infrastructure more fragile. And so they're not calling it a triple-demic, but more of a syndemic, and that the U.S. healthcare system is under a great deal of pressure uh, in uh, respiratory viruses, this sort of thing happening, coming into the season, and they're expecting a very heavy fall and winter season. Uh, do you comment on that at all? Isn't it interesting? It's almost like they're anticipating what we've been talking about, that there's a population now that's a little bit more susceptible to respiratory illnesses. That here we are, that in fact, we it could be a busier season. We are seeing this uh, clinically in our practice. And can you imagine if, what if we do have a bad influenza season? Or what if there really is a significant uh, respiratory syncytial virus outbreak? Or this Chinese pneumonia, mycoplasma, you know, ha- has an outbreak. The, the thesis here is with a syndemic is that there's people who are, who are, have now been made more susceptible exactly. to problems with COVID-19. We could extend that to the vaccines. Uh, you could extend it to people who are now working from home. So they're not out in the community getting a lot of immune challenges. So when they do go out, they're more likely to get walloped with uh, something. Um, higher rates of obesity, lower rates of fitness, uh, higher rates of depression, potentially alcoholism, other things. So so we're in this time of kind of poor population health, which is a setup for, you know, a hit. Uh, and and if, if things line up in some way mm-hmm. where there is, uh, let's say, a combined uh, serious influenza season mm-hmm. and uh, let's say outbreaks of mycoplasma, what have you, that we could end up being much busier. Now, one of the things that's that I've learned to distrust is all these reports of ERs and ICUs being overloaded and overcrowded, Malcolm. Almost all the time that's that's overstated. Yeah, why and they just overstated for the, to sensationalize it for the headline or something right. or something. Yeah, okay. Right. That's pretty sick when people do that stuff. I mean, I don't really understand it, but anyways, this new term called syndemic a very interesting, but I think it gets back to quality of life and a lot of the things we, and I'm I'm really feeling, you know, I know there are a lot of people thinking or suspecting there'll be another shoe to drop at some point, or I, I just get people around me a lot thinking that, I don't know, it's weird that we could possibly see another pandemic soon enough in our lifetimes. I don't know, it's like we all got PTSD from the last three years, yeah. that's what, the way I look at it, Peter, you know? 
um, you know, trauma, right? A lot of trauma out there about this stuff. But I don't know. There's a weirdness in the world for sure. But um, all right. Talking about weirdness. Now, this is going to be pretty cool what I got here next for us. Um, and I've, I've told you about this a couple of weeks ago. So we have a listener. And I hope you're listening, John. I only use first names on here. So that's exactly what I'll uh, use here, John. And uh, so you sent me a great uh, back and forth, which I'm going to read live here with Dr. McCullough and get his opinion on some of the stuff. Okay, so here's the deal. And I don't, I don't know. Have you used Chat GPT or any of this AI stuff, Peter? Have you used any? No, but I have a feeling I need to learn about it. <laughs> well, it's interesting. And John hit a nerve with me because he asked key questions. What happens is now, now let me set the table. What happens is you're, you go into this AI thing, you put a question in there, okay? And then it answers you back, <coughs> excuse me, and you have a you have a conversation with the AI. And then the AI tells you something and you say something back to the AI and then you question and it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I tried this actually, not the same exercise John did, but I tried a similar exercise a few months ago. And I'll tell you what, it is so corrupt and crooked. What people do not understand about this AI, well, keep in mind, these are just computers. That's all we're talking about here. And here's the deal. They're being programmed from leftist Marxist viewpoints of globalist ideas and opinions. And they'll argue with you. The computer will literally argue with you and tell you uh, black is white or white is black and uh, debate things of that nature. It's really, this is pretty sick. So let me share with you this conversation with John and see what you think of this. I want to read right from what he sent in here. He said, my conversation with chat GPT about COVID-19 vaccine deaths. So here's the question he put in there. Have people mm -hmm. died from the COVID-19 vaccines? The computer says this. Serious side effects from COVID-19 vaccines are extremely rare, and the benefits of vaccination and preventing severe illness and death outweigh the risk for most people. It's essential to rely on credible health authorities for accurate information about vaccine safety. Okay, there's the first one. You ready? Okay. He comes back. John says, you didn't answer the question. Right. He right, says right. to AI, you didn't answer the question. <laughs> John right. says, and the AI comes back and says this. As of my last knowledge update in January 22, deaths directly caused by COVID-19 vaccines were extremely rare. The vast majority of people experience only mild side effects. For the most current and specific information, please check the latest reports from health authorities or consult with a healthcare professional. So then John says, now he's getting a little lit here. John then says, so is that a yes? <laughs> now listen to this. The computer comes back and says, the occurrence of deaths directly caused by COVID-19 vaccines is exceptionally rare. Now, this is the computer here. It says the benefits of vaccination, including preventing severe illness, generally outweigh the risk for the majority of people. Always consult with healthcare professionals for the latest and most accurate information. He then says, did someone die from the vaccine? Now his, his nerves are up a little bit. You see, now he's suspicious. He said, did someone die from the vaccine? He asked the computer. Computer says, while extremely rare, there have been reported cases, as extremely rare, he says, okay, there have been reported cases of individuals experienced severe adverse reactions, including death, after receiving COVID-19 vaccines. But it's important to know that these instances are exceptionally uncommon. And the overall benefits of vaccination in preventing severe illness and death from COVID-19 are widely recognized. Vaccine safety monitoring continues to assess and address any potential risk. 
He then says, how many reports? He asked the computer. Oh, the number of reported cases of severe adverse reactions included death after COVID? Vaccination is minimal compared to the vast number of doses administered. These cases are closely monitored by health authorities. And, you know, and thorough investigations are conducted to assess any potential connection between the vaccine and adverse events. It's important to keep in mind that the benefits of vaccination in terms of preventing severe illness and death from COVID outweigh the risk for the majority of people. He asked two last questions. Uh, the next last one is, but how many is minimal? The reported cases of severe adverse reactions, including deaths after COVID vaccination, represent an extremely small fraction. This computer was not going to change its mind, Peter, of the, of the total vaccine doses administered. The exact number varies, and the incidents are carefully investigated by health authorities. This computer likes authorities as well, by the way, <laughs> to understand any potential links to the vaccine. Keep in mind that the overall benefits of vaccination are preventing severe illness and death that are widely recognized for most up-to-date blah, blah, blah. The, the last question John asks is, you don't know how many. And the computer says, I don't have the real-time data, and the specific number of adverse events can vary over time. To get the latest, most now, to get the most latest, go to your whatever, which is total rubbish. The computer has all that information. The computer has the data. The computer has everything. They got all the information at their fingertips. I mean, or not fingertips at their uh, at their algorithms, and um, and they can give you. But they're programmed to tell you a certain narrative. They're programmed to put their trust in the health authorities. They're programmed to stay on that, and you will have an argument with them. But they will not change the narrative. What do you think of that? They've been programmed to basically push the vaccines. This should be pretty obvious. That was a vaccine promotional program. Now, the questioner never once asked about the benefits of vaccination. Why would Chat GPT volunteer that the that the risks are outweighed by the benefits? He didn't ask about the benefits. No, you're right. Didn't ask that. Right? Sure. Never yeah. once. He just wanted to say how many people died. Did someone die vaccine? from the vaccine? How many reports? How many is minimal? Yeah, no, he didn't ask that. This, this looks like it was directly programmed by the Health and Human Services, the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, <laughs> or maybe more broadly, <laughs> what, what we term in our book, the biopharmaceutical complex. But this is a program. This was very useful to understand, you know, chat GPT is not going to be a fair broker of information when it comes to the to the pandemic. And I, I would not be surprised if it's also programmed to support, you know, other aspects of, let's say, the woke agenda, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. I was anxious for you to hear this because I, I didn't think you had jumped into this world yet. It's a very corrupt world is my point. It is a tremendous biases. Uh, and this I've known because I did an argument with them uh, maybe six months ago. It's a while ago, actually. I was not impressed at all. They do not answer the question. They lie. The computer lies. Uh, it's going down a narrative. So, but keep, you, you see the damage, the danger in this and the damage. This, the kids are using this, Peter. The the young kids are all over this chat. They all over this computer stuff. I mean, they love this stuff. I got people even in my circle that are using it. People on my team they use it for different things, and it lies consistently. It goes to some sort of a narrative that is not accurate, and it denies and deflects the truth. I mean, and this is what they're putting out there is the latest greatest thing since sliced bread. It's basically going to become a massive propaganda weapon. 
is what it's going to be because it's you know right now propaganda has to be written by people they has to be posted um they're using uh, obviously some type of ai to be screening uh, social media um and to take down accounts and you know to determine who's violated community rules but they never tell you how uh or or what community rules were violated now this is going to be just a full out frontal assault of propaganda. Now I had a friend of mine tell me that they're using chat GPT to write people's performance evaluations at work, Malcolm. Apparently you just yes. give a little bit of input yeah. and then it just writes this report. Yeah. And it, before you know it, it's going to be very hard to sort out fact and fi- versus fiction. Yeah. They're using it for everything. They're using it. In fact, they now have, believe it or not, Peter, they now have programs that can tell if like your uh, your CV or your uh, uh, some essay you did or something else, they have programs that can tell if you used an AI program oh. to write it. <laughs> yeah. And the teachers are using it and the colleges are using it because the kids in college and the others are using it to try to trick the system. And I know this firsthand because my daughter who is in college, the kids around her and all were using it. And she is a powerhouse smart gal, so she hasn't really had the need to jump into that. And she did it for an exercise to show what it ha- what it did. And it just, it was very obvious uh, that, and you have to be careful because if you submit something that is done, the teacher will find it because they run everything through this other application. So it's, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty something what's happening here. So anyways, uh, I just thought that was interesting. And I bet you, you'll, well, I'll tell you what. Anybody out there with the GPT or the AI, let us know. This was an interesting conversation. I was anxious to bring it out, uh, this John. Appreciate, John, you sending it in. Just remember that question that uh, Dr. McCullough <laughs> did need to ask. Like, what are the real benefits of this? What the computer, and I wonder what they would say to that, Peter. I don't really know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anytime the answer to <laughs> something you ask is not what you asked, that's a sign it's propaganda. The computer is actually telling you what it wants to tell you. It's not telling you what you want to know. Exactly. So, you know, when you ask a question, this is not a presidential debate. It's not a media interview. You know, when we go in the media, we're always trained, you know, listen to the question, hold it in your mind, process, say what you want to say, and then get back to the question. And that's standard. If you ever notice, many times there's yes, no questions asked. People never give a yes or no because they want to say what they want to say, and then they get back to the question. Um, But this is a computer. You're not talking to another person. The computer should know how many people died after the vaccine. It should just give a number. It shouldn't be jumping off into a risk-benefit discussion. That's exactly it. And uh, it's it's obviously all in the programming, which I, I knew you'd see that right away. So anyways, interesting exercise to do that. And uh, all right. We're on Q&A 95 today, by the way, and there's a lot going on as we, well, as we get closer to the end of a year and a new year coming. And I, again, as I've shared with you before, I love this time of year because we, I, God willing, we get the chance to do it all over again in the new year. And it's a chance for us to kind of draw a line in, in our own lives. And, and I'm not talking about resolutions, but I'm talking about making serious adjustments in your own life or reaching a little higher and I've always done that in my life. So I appreciate this opportunity. I hope you'll out there do the same thing and take some time and opportunity to, uh, you know, see ways we can improve in the new year and ways we can do things better uh, for sure. Now, 
we have some uh, MerrickRotLoud.shop. Uh, we've been doing some fascinating things. They've got some great new products coming out. There's a few I want to bring to your attention right now. We mentioned a moment ago uh, when I was saying my wife and I uh, started taking more of the, because of the health, the environment, I don't want to get this pneumonia or something else going on because of the damage of COVID prior. Uh, so we've been taking the immune super boost, but doing a double dose of exactly that. And uh, But it's the micro gel technology that makes um, healthy cell powerful. And this uh, immune super boost we've been taking for some years now, it's been very successful. It's got vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc. Uh, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. So you can just see the power in that. And if you're doing that a couple of times a day when you're sick, that surely helps keep your immune system uh, where it needs to be. Products like that are going to be really, really helpful. They have other microgel products like REM sleep, like focus and recall. A lot of people with brain fog from COVID uh, you know, or just want to be more alert, swear by this focus and recall. I mean, they just swear by it. Uh, they love it. And I got people on the platform who do this as well. Uh, they just can't get enough of it. So it's obviously helping a lot of people. But there's a new product, Dr. McCullough, that uh, that we are, um, we got new, um, in fact, we got some new uh, promotion ads going up. And all of this you can get 25% off using the code out loud. That's always been our deal in a relationship with Healthy Shell. Um, is the uh, it's a powerful heart support. It's the heart and vascular health. It's got the uh, this one has CoQ10, which I asked you about a few weeks ago. I used to take CoQ10 years ago. It was very beneficial. Uh, need to get back to the omega three, the vitamin K two, uh, soluble fiber, and what's this other one? Resveratrol is it? Resveratrol. resveratrol. Yeah. Yeah. This what does is that very do? important. Resveratrol is the the cardiovascular protective part of what's in grape juice or wine. Oh, wow. And uh, it helps blood vessels uh, dilate and react appropriately to changes in blood flow. And it, it, notoriously, it's been difficult to get absorbed. It's hard to put it into a capsule. And so resveratrol in a microgel technology is very attractive from a cardiology perspective. Now, the other elements in there, I think we covered this last time, CoQ10 is a necessary coenzyme for heart and muscle health. But there are now studies showing just supplementation of this reduces cardiovascular mortality. Wow. People use it to try to take the edge off uh, muscle symptoms with statins, but many people take it independently of statins. And so I, I take it now. I've been impressed with the, the data on CoQ10. It's available in a lot of different formats, um, it's not well absorbed as a capsule. So it comes in these hard types of, um, of, of very thick capsules or, or tablets. Um, it, there's forms in, in gummies, which you can take as like a little gummy candy. But I tell you, to have CoQ10 in a microgel technology, along with the other components of this, it looks like a winner, Malcolm. Wow, incredible! Well, I'm taking. I've just. I've got the product in. Uh, I think you have it as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, uh, just starting to take this now. The uh, this heart support. It's uh, called Heart and Vascular Health. And with the microgel technology, you'll see it on the platform and uh, give it a shot and see what you think, friends. But they say cholesterol uh, support, uh, healthy blood pressure. Uh, so there's a lot of benefits uh, for cardiovascular health. And that's been one of the biggest problems with people coming out of COVID, uh, Dr. McCullough, is, mm. is, is this problem. So this makes sense for everybody to be uh, care uh, diligent, I would say, and careful when it comes to the heart, the muscle, right? 
For sure. You know, in general, people are under supplemented. And uh, there's so many people you talk to that, you know, do you take any vitamins or supplements at all? And the answer is no, they end up with zero. And, And all the analyses suggest the people who are at zero, they're at the highest risk of, you know, all kinds of health events. People say, well, healthier people take vitamins, and it's really not the vitamins at all. You know, it's hard to know, and the big studies never really give enough of anything to really make a determination on a supplement approach. But the science has evolved over time. The whole field of naturopathic medicine and holistic medicine has improved over time. And I think when we get to the part when we have big studies, meta-analyses, we have scientific data that are really pointing towards the value of things, and there doesn't appear to be harm to any of these I think we have to go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it makes a difference. Let me just tell you right now, there were years ago when I was a younger man, Peter, and I used to, you know, put the cape on my back and jump off tall buildings like Superman, you know, uh, that you discover when you're younger that uh, it does make a difference. When I take those in the day and you just stretch your body a little bit and get out, you totally feel the difference. You have a, mm. it's a, it's a point of renewal and that's why I always look at my wife because she never likes to take that stuff. And I say, come on, honey, let's go. I take when I take mine out, I take hers out. And I say, come on. She's like a little child. I make her take it. You know, Peter, huh. you've got to take this stuff. But she was one of those ones that never took vitamins as well. And I said, come on, we got, I got to take care of you here. And uh, but she takes it g- gladly, of course, now. But she never did back in the day. And a lot of us didn't, but we we do feel the difference of this. There's no doubt about it. I want to draw your attention, too, to the wellness company COVID Emergency Kit. This thing is unbelievably amazing. I wish we had had this back in the day of COVID. I have to tell you, truly confess, because the amount of people I had get coming in here looking for this stuff was off the charts. It's got I- ivermectin in there, hydroxychloroquine in there. It's an emergency kit. I mean, you got the, the Z-Pack. The budesonite, the nebulizer with with the nebulizer, yeah. You got the guidebook for all kinds of situations, emergency use. This is a stellar, stellar product, uh, Dr. McCullough, this uh, COVID emergency kit, huh? Yeah, just about every household in the country is going to end up having these Malcolm. You know, it's one kit per adult, uh, and it's a real extensive formulary. But, you know, you're looking at going to the emergency room or urgent care on a Saturday night, Malcolm, we're talking over a thousand dollars, maybe out of network, out of pocket. You know, you're inconvenienced. You're you're in a clinical setting, and uh, when you can handle things at home, do you know most women, Malcolm, they know when they have a bladder infection. So it's actually very reliable. You could handle uh, a female bladder infection or a yeast infection, uh, or uh, you know, how about? Uh, a skin wound. You're out working on the fence, and you you know you scraped your your arm, and now you see it's a little bit red. Well, instead of waiting till it's really really on fire and going to the emergency room three days later, you can start an antibiotic right away and get that skin infection under control. And then, of course, certainly can handle acute COVID nineteen, acute sinusitis, early forms of community acquired pneumonia. The, the Chinese pneumonia, mycoplasma would be handled. And most people say, listen, for the cost of a, an emergency medical kit and having the drugs on board and the telemedicine consultation, if you need it in the guidebook, it's well worth it. That's right. Amen to that. Yeah. The um, the uh, protocol, the detox spike protocol, the three products are now available through the wellness company. It's the base spike detox 
trio, by the way. And it's the spike support, the bromelain, and the turmeric uh, extract. And uh, so it's a whole package now. You can, again, get 25% off using the code out loud. All these products are deeply discounted. Uh, it's, it's part of our arrangement with the companies we work with, our partners. I call them partners uh, because that's the way I look at it. Uh, and so they're all discounted there uh, for you, for your benefit. There's some other great products there through the Global Healing. It's got some great stuff. Um, Cofix RX, of course, Clear. Uh, amazing and Asia. Uh, so it, we're we're bustled full of great stuff, but it's about feeling good. Uh, take care of your immune system, friends. Cheaper to do this than to visit the emergency rooms. Mm-hmm. Doctor McCullough said, "And be out of work, be out of life, have problems." I know I've been there, done that. I don't do the emergency room either. This is a better uh, alternative, quite frankly. So we'll take a quick pause, and we'll join you just on the other side on Q and A ninety five in just a moment. You're listening to America Out Loud Pulse. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Okay, we join you back here. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here along with Dr. Peter McCullough on great conversations. Today we're going to jump into some questions right now on Q&A 95. 95 and uh, let's see let's start here oh this is interesting uh let's oh yeah well we could spend a whole hour on this question alone dr mccullough so let me let me qualify this but it's a it's a real blanketed question but uh considering the conversation we just had about the ai i'm gonna ask it to you this is from katie she says what do you think will be the mark of the beast a vaccine or a microchip Gosh, you know, I'm not qualified. Mark of the Beast in Revelations is really a complicated concept. 
So I, I would really refer that to, I know on the platform, we've really, we have some, you know, theologians, some real experts yeah. on the platform to time to time. I really would refer them, uh, refer that question to them because it's not something that I have well clarified in my mind. Now, one of my patients today gave me a large print Bible. And let me tell you what, large print is the key word, Malcolm. Yeah. And now I think I can zero in on the book of Revelations because I can see the print. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but but that's a that's a very tough question. Honestly, I don't have the answer. Well, it just puts you in. I didn't think we would have an answer, frankly. It's an opinion question more than anything. And it just kind of tells you the way people are thinking, though, is the point here, I guess, you know. Uh, in the way that uh, we talk about the AI up front. But uh, hey, it could be a combination of all those things, frankly. Uh, this next one is from Diane. Uh, is there any research being done on the news that's saying they're going to start injecting the mRNA vaccines into our meat and dairy products? I've been reading articles that says it's go been going on for more than five years in pork. Do you know if cooking the meat will destroy the damage the vaccine can cause? Uh yeah, yeah she, she's right about self-replicating RNA and DNA has been in, in pork since 2017. Hmm. Now, we're hoping the cooking and curing process denatures it. Uh, there's never been any reports of any, you know, side effects or transference that we're aware of through uh, beef and pork. I, you know, with this understanding, though, I really have cut down on pork consumption. And Malcolm, I wouldn't be eating, a, you know, a honey-baked ham for Christmas. It's just... You know, they simply just don't want that genetic exposure. It's not in all the pigs, but the manufacturers won't tell us, you know, what is free of the genetic material, what has the genetic material in it. Uh, it's not yet in the other forms of livestock, chicken, beef, um, et cetera, but we have to keep our eyes open. Uh, there are efforts by the USDA to vaccinate plants, vaccinate fish, and uh, the world seems to have lost its mind mm -hmm. on vaccines. I was stunned to hear that Arcturus company uh, just got approved a COVID booster in Japan. And it's a self-replicating RNA booster with no human data. They got it approved, meaning that you can inject this. And now the vaccine makes itself in the human body without stopping it. I don't get it. I really don't understand yeah. the concept. Yeah. Um, this um, food thing is a pretty big deal. Uh, and let me point to you also, friends, we have a Dr. Stephanie Coxon on the network here who really is a holistic uh, doctor individual and really very knowledgeable, smart, 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 smart lady. Lo love her to, to, to death here. She um, has got a, uh, in fact, an op-ed just uh, just come, come out uh, in the last day here on the platform. Look for her name, Dr. Stephanie Coxon. And she gets into some revealing information about the foods and what we need to do. And by the way, she just had the moms across America people on who fight this GMO stuff and all that, which I am not an expert in. But I spoke to that moms across America today, uh, and she's incredible. Uh, so I just want to put that out there. We're doing a lot of work. I plan to expose more of that in the new year, actually. I, I think we need to be aware. She talks about the dangers of fast food. Oh, my golly. The information mm. they have with that. Oh, wow. If you had this information, you would never stop at another window in your life. Wow. Mm. You know. So anyways. Stuff is, stuff is just toxic. Yeah. You toxic. know, it's just toxic. They, um, <laughs> they use what's called supersaturated fats. Yeah. And uh, trans fats to cook fast food. And so it's true that 
if you take a sleeve of fries at McDonald's, that's right off the griddle, they hand it to you. And then they hand you another sleeve of fries that's been sitting under the heating lamp for eight hours. Mm -hmm. You cannot tell the difference. Wow. Because the trans fats are so super saturated, they absolutely preserve it. If you were to take a bag of Dorito chips that was right off the factory floor, and you take one that was in a bomb shelter for 10 years, and you open the package, you couldn't tell the difference. Incredible. That, that's how powerful these things are. But the problem is they don't get out of the body. They're directly stimulatory uh, and atherogenic. And uh, and all the data suggests they're very toxic. You know, these foods that are considered toxic, high in sugar, starches, saturated fat, and trans fats, uh, you know that, that they're so-called inflammatory foods, meaning that the body's inflammation turns on. And people feel sicker and, and stiffer yeah. and slower and their joints are more sore. I believe it. I believe and their bellies feel more bloated and they feel horrible. And and, and, yeah. and they and, and they right. do all this and, and that um that stuff is it's it's no good for you. I mean, like all that stuff. You look at the ingredients that are in that stuff, Peter. You ever turn around and look at the ingredients in that stuff? It, it's it's horrifying. <laughs> and then you have a you know, you have a salad. Uh have something healthy. Yeah. You know, have uh, some fruit on a fruit plate. <laughs> and boy, you just, you feel completely different. Yeah, I know, totally. My wife always says, it's funny when she's out, she said, uh, would you like something for lunch? Or can I pick you up something? And, have you? and my, you know what my word, I mean, 100% of the time is back. Yeah, she knows, she knows what's coming. And I always say to her, yes, I could love a salad, please. Can you there get, you I mean, I tell her all the time, she laughs. Yeah, I know what you want, man. All right. Uh, this next one's from Melanie. She says, my mother and father had the COVID injections. Both suffer from coughing and breathing issues. I think my mom has blood clots, extreme pain in her left arm, swollen, mm. extreme sensitivity and cramping like bruises in her legs. She heard someone speak about something in pineapple and quercetin to help reverse spike protein damage. Do you know, will this help with blood clots or do you know any, anything about this? Well, first off, you know, I can't give direct medical advice, but you know, anybody who took the shot who's got pain in the arm and suspected blood clots, we need to do an ultrasound, Malcolm. I've had multiple patients have blood clots in their arms hmm. from taking the shots, multiple. And it's been published in the peer-reviewed literature. Now, uh, leave that aside, uh, bromelain, which is a family of enzymes, is derived from the stems of pineapple. Bromelain, that's part of the wellness company trio, that ultimate detox is part of the McCullough Protocol base spike protein detoxification. Bromelain in 2022 became an FDA-approved drug as a topical agent used in deep tissue wounds. It actually helps uh, debride the thick proteinaceous uh, SHAR, the, the, the protein scab or cap in, in a wound. It um, is anti-infective. So it's very healthy stuff. Bromelain is very healthy to take. You can take it as a capsule. The dose is uh, 500 milligrams once a day, in between meals, it can be increased. Uh, so that's a winner. Now, when you take the root turmeric, derived from it is quercetin, uh, as well as um, uh, is curcumin. And it turns out that you, you know anything from that derivative is very beneficial. It's anti-inflammatory uh, in Asia and in the Indian subcontinent, they've been using it as a product for arthritis for a very long time. Um, and so curcumin, turmeric, very healthy. The, the key there is to get it absorbed. 
And the best way to get it absorbed, I know this is what they did with the Wellness Company product, is they combine it with piperine. Piperine is black pepper extract, and it increases the absorption of the curcumin by thousands of fold. There's nothing like it. it it's, it's amazing how it works. So if you're going to go out there and shop for a curcumin, make sure it contains piperine in it, typically 5 or 10 milligrams per 500 milligrams of curcumin. Uh, quercetin alone has positive data in COVID. It's its own standalone supplement. Many times quercetin is part of a multivitamin. I finished with a, an airline attendant today, and she brought in a giant, basically a chest of supplements, you know, dozens of them. Wow. And I weeded through each one of them. And I said, a lot of these are just the same thing packaged in different ways mm -hmm. you know, on the, on the label. Yep. And I, I put GV, this is like a general vitamin. And she organized about six of them. I said, listen, pick one of them and go with it. But, and so when people are reviewing their supplements, make sure you don't get fooled by the manufacturer and look at the label, do your research. We always say that on the platform, yeah. do your research and see, it, it's fine to have quercetin as part of a multivitamin capsule, but you don't need to take many of these multivitamin right. capsules. Just one will, would do it. Yeah, quercetin is is great for you. Everything you say is right. And but and, and the Global Healing, uh, one of our partners uh, on the shop, has the quercetin and so many other things. But as you say, Dr. McCullough, people have got to read what they're looking at here and be smart. And every one of these companies... There's research, there's studies, there's information there. We we empower that and we want that. We think knowledge is power. And so always do your own homework. We, we don't give direct advice, medical advice here. It's more generalized, but you have to you know, put this in your own life and make the decisions that are important because it's exactly right. This next one's from Emily. Interesting message here. She says she's currently a member of the military and was uh, pregnant with her first child when the COVID vaccine mandate came down. When I spoke with the provider in our clinic about concerns with getting the vaccine while pregnant, I was slid a piece of paper that said it was recommended by the ACOG for all pregnant women. They didn't answer any of my questions or concerns. <clears throat> when asked if I had any options, they said no. My other option was to risk being separated, in which case I would not receive pay or medical insurance and may have had a bad enlistment code. I got the vaccine, what, what do we say all the time, right? Mm, Under coercive mm. action and have regretted it ever since. By mm. the grace of God, I seem to be okay, healthy. And so and now is my two-year-old. But since then, I've had another baby and can't stop worrying that both of them have will, may have health issues due to the spike protein's ability to cross the placenta and be transferred through breast milk. I also fear that both of my children will were born small um, at five pounds, roughly, due to mm. vaccine side effects. I'm having difficulty finding any information regarding pregnant and postpartum women who've had the vaccine. Is there research I should look into? I also saw that the natokinase had been recommended for people who had been vaccinated, but not for breastfeeding women. Is there anything I can do while breastfeeding? Uh, no, breastfeeding, you shouldn't uh, uh, t take any anything. But I do want to refer her to the wellness company kids spike support. So the wellness company did put together a product which um, is safe for children and would handle this issue of spike protein exposure. And uh, it, it contains in it uh, vitamin C, uh, dandelion extract, pomegranate extract, rutin powder, which is again uh, linked to um, rutins, linked to uh, turmeric, uh, bromelain, 
we talked about from pineapple and papain from papaya. And it uh, looks very safe. Now, you can start using this at ages four, four and above. And there's the, the number of tablets you give according to the uh, age. So kids' spike support is uh, a reasonable thing to do. And, uh, it, you know, she's already delivered two, she's had two children. They seem to be fine. She seems to be fine. I don't think that there's an excessive call for worry here. Right. Um, I think when the kids hit age four, fine for them to use spike support. I think when she stops breastfeeding, it's fine for her to go on McCullough protocol, um, spike by base spike detoxification. Right. And she Good. should be okay, Malcolm. But yeah. we're just going to have to keep our eyes open for yeah. for long-term data. We we don't know. It it wasn't safe to give pregnant women a shot when we yeah. don't know what yeah. the long-term evidence is. I, absolutely. You said it so many times over the past few years. I can't even begin to say how many. Uh, but there you go, Emily. There you go. The best information. This one's from Molly. Want to get this in. I'm wondering if there's any connection to weakening of bones or ligaments from the injections. I've noticed lots of injuries in my family and friends in the past couple of years that have had them. Some of the breaks were bad. A family member simply fell while walking her dog and her whole wrist shattered. A friend broke her foot twice. Many, uh, many others as well. And seems like a real increase to these type of injuries. I'm wondering if it finds the weak spots in a person's system and causes them to become weaker or fail. Do you know? Boy, good question. There is a paper on my Substack, Courageous Discourse, that I summarize it. No doubt about it. People who take the shots have a lot more arthritis complaints than people who don't take the shots. That that's clearly been shown. Top of the list is uh, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, um, and you're right. Maybe in areas where there's inflammation, the spike protein is you, you know seated there hematogenously and sets up inflammation. Uh, that that's entirely possible. But there's nothing I've seen in the literature right now indicating that shots are related to pathologic fractures or e easy uh, bony fractures. Okay. But again, we'll just have to keep this okay. in mind. Uh, you know, the, the shots as well as COVID has weakened a lot of us. That's so our muscles- Which is where we weaker. started today. It's where we started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's where we started. So our muscles are weaker. And remember, weak muscles are set up for broken bones. It, it, it is true. Weaker muscles, you're just you just can't take the impact. And um, so right when we finish here, I'm going to go exercise real quick before I drive home, Malcolm, because we have to keep telling ourselves that we have to pick ourselves up, make our bodies strong so we can be ready to survive whatever we encounter in the next few days or months or years ahead. That's just it. So accurate. So, so very accurate. All right. All right, friends, that's it here on a Q&A 95. A lot going on back at the platform of the network. Uh, we will be doing a respite between Christmas and New Year's, but we will see you next week. Uh, and, oh, we'll be playing the Christmas classics at Christmas. Join us there on the 23rd, 24th, 25th, and look forward to a whole new year with you uh, as well there. Uh, thank you for joining us on the mission here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a deep ahead.